Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Talking about change in the early church. Give me your attention, if you will. Listen to this story. The story is of an Amish boy, an Amish boy, and his father who were visiting a city, and they decided to visit a new mall. They were amazed by almost everything they saw, but especially by the two shiny silver walls that could move apart and back together again. Well, the boy asked his father, what is this, father? The father, never having seen an elevator, responded, Son, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I don't know what it is. While the boy and his father were watching wide-eyed, an old lady in a wheelchair rolled up to the moving walls and pressed the button. The walls opened, and the lady rolled between them and into a small room. The walls closed, and the boy and his father watched small circles of light with numbers above the wall light up. They continued to watch the circles light up in the reverse direction. The walls opened up again, and a beautiful 24-year-old woman came out. And the father said to his son, Quick, go get your mother. (laughs) Now, ladies, you know I love you. Come on, don't hate. Change. Change. And that's what we've been talking about in the early church been talking about change. If you've been with us, you know we've seen a lot of changes so far. We've seen the first church prayer meeting. We've seen the first church sermon. We've seen the first church altar call. We've seen the first church healing. We've seen the first church potluck. We've seen the first church opposition. Were you with us last week? We've seen the first church pretenders, hypocrisy, Ananias and Sapphira. Don't you remember? Well, this morning, there's more opposition, more opposition. Our sermon title this morning, if you're taking notes, is obedience to God first. And we're going to work from this outline in chapter five, verses 17 through 42. Chapter five, verse 17 through 42. We're going to work from this outline. If you're taking notes, number one, the Sadducees indignation, the Sadducees indignation. And we'll find that in verses 17 through 28. And then secondly, we'll talk about Peter's proclamation, the Sadducees indignation, Peter's proclamation. And you'll find that in verses 29 through 32. And then finally, Gamaliel's reservation. We find that in verses 33 through 42. And that's the outline we'll work from this morning, Saints, Acts chapter 5. And we pick up this morning in verse 17. If you're with me, say amen. 
the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees. And they were filled with indignation and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Don't you love that? And when they heard that in verse 21, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when in verse 22, the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported saying, indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, look, the men whom you put in prison, they're standing in the temple and teaching the people. And then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them in verse 27, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in his name? And look, you have what saints fill Jerusalem with your doctrine and you intend to bring this man's blood on us. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Last week we left off. If you were with us, God purging the church as Satan was using Ananias and Sapphira to infiltrate the church with hypocrisy. And they lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to God. And what happened? They fell down dead. You remember. And it was at that point that great fear, watch this, great fear came upon all of the non-believers. In other words, in this early church, you didn't have a lot of non-believers joined in the church as we do today. Because today, people, you know, the doors of the church are open. That means come and be a member. Pastor Rodney, what about membership here at Calvary Chapel? People ask me that all the time. Membership. Well, listen, in the early church, non-believers and people who were not converted were not quick to join this church. Why? Because if you join this church, you might be dead. You understand? Say amen. Because the Holy Spirit was keeping the church pure. The Holy Spirit was purifying the church. So the unbelievers, the non-believers were not quick to join this church. Great fear came upon this church, which resulted in a great increase in the church. And there was great healings in the church. And what was happening is we saw great power that came upon the church. This was a good church. It was a happening church. Now, beginning in verse 17 in our text, we see the second wave of persecution. If you're taking notes, point number one, the Sadducees indignation. We just read it in verses 17 through 28, the Sadducees indignation. Now, remember, I told you, perhaps you were not with us, but the Sadducees at this time in the early church was the ruling party. The Sadducees did not believe in anything spiritual. Don't you remember? They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in spirits. They didn't believe in heaven or hell. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in the resurrection. 
the Sadducees. They didn't believe in anything spiritual, which made them sad, you see. All right, that's it. It's over. It's over. I got I purged. I got it out. All right. It's gone. All right. It's gone. I like that. I don't care if y'all don't like it. But, you know, truthfully, I mean, it really is a sad thing when you don't believe in anything spiritual. Paul said, man, if in this life, this is all the hope we have in this life, then we are all men and women most miserable. And it's a sad thing when you don't have the hope of heaven. It's a sad thing when all you know and all you live for is this life. That's how the Sadducees were. They were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in anything spiritual. So I said it again. Okay, get over it. (laughs) And so all the people now, they're listening to Peter and John preach the gospel. And not only are they preaching the gospel, but they're also, watch this, preaching the resurrection. You see, this is bad for the theology of the Sadducees. So they get to the place where they can't stand no more. So in envy and in indignation and jealousy, they rise up against the apostles and they laid hands on them. And this is not the Pentecostal kind. <laughs> Amen. They laid hands on them. They put them in the common prison. But did you notice this from our text? But the angel of the Lord sprung them out of the joint. Don't you love that? The angel of the Lord. The angel opened the prison doors and the angel bought them out or led them out and told them to go stand and speak in the area of the temple. I love that. Remember, listen to this. And God has a sense of humor. Did you know God is funny? God likes to have fun and he likes to play jokes on people. Good thing. And and get this. Remember the Sadducees? They don't believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees don't believe in angels. Well, well, look what God chooses to use to let the disciples, the apostles out of prison, an angel. God says, you know what? You don't believe in angels? Fine. Then I'll send an angel to deliver my people. Hey, God is God. God could have just spoke a word and the prison doors would have opened. He could have shook the earth and the prison doors would have been He's done that before. Shook the earth and the prison doors would be open. But why an angel? Because I think God is saying, bam, in your face. You know, I think it's great. I think that's this soul like God. God says, hey, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We don't believe in angels. So God sends an angel and uses an angel to deliver his people. And notice the angel tells them to go right back to the same place they were and to speak the words of this life. I love that. Notice the angel didn't tell them to go and preach a politically correct message. The angel didn't tell them to go to preach a message that makes people feel comfortable. The angel said, give them the words of life. It reminds me of John chapter six, verse 66. You might remember many of his disciples went back and they walked with him, Jesus, no more. And then Jesus said to the 12, don't you remember? Jesus said, do you also want to go away? And it was Peter who said, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of life. The angel said, Apostles, go preach the words of life because God's word is life. And that's what people need to hear. So God uses these angels. The Bible has so a lot to say about angels. 
Bible talks a lot about angels. If you want to go do some homework in Genesis chapter 18 with Abraham and Sarah, God used an angel. Judges chapter 6, Gideon, God used an angel. In 1 Kings 19 verse 5, it was Elijah who was touched by an angel. You remember. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2, it tells us, listen, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels unaware. Can you remember, question, can you remember a time when you thought you had been visited by an angel? I can't, but, but, but I know that, they, that I have. I mean, some people say, well, yeah, I saw an angel. And I saw the presence of the Lord. I saw an angel there. Well, that hadn't happened to me, but I know in my life and in my ministry, I remember one time my wife came home and with Chanel and they had been out shopping or whatever. And, 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 and they told me that, that she said, Rodney, we almost had a terrible, terrible accident. And she said that this car was just about to hit us and the car missed us just by a quarter inch. And I said, you know what? That's the angels of the Lord that delivered you. You know, we don't realize it oftentimes, but God has assigned his angels to protect his people. And in those times where you, I mean, have you ever had an almost terrible accident? Yeah, and and God just delivered you just like that. Or how about this? You had a terrible accident and God allowed you to survive it. How about that? We hear stories all the time of people who had terrible accidents and the car was totaled and they walked away and they go, man, I sure was lucky. I go, luck. That's not, I don't believe in luck. Saints say amen. I don't believe in luck. Luck runs out. Blessings don't. (laughs) You understand? That's not luck. That's not luck. You are blessed. Angels. God's presence and angels working in the lives of his people. I remember Chuck Smith telling a story one time that he had gotten up to teach and this lady got up and ran out and she was ran out of the sanctuary and she was crying. And one of the ladies went outside and asked her what was going on. And the lady said, she said, I looked up and I saw these two huge angels standing behind Chuck with a sword drawn. And she got up and ran out. Now, listen. If any of you ever see that, (laughs) please tell me, okay? Because I'm going to run out with the lady, all right? (laughs) Woo! Remember one time a lady came to me after service one time. She said, oh, Pastor Rodney. She said, oh, Pastor Rodney. She said, oh, I was just, she was all into it and all, you know, taken. She says, oh, Pastor Rodney, oh, I just... I'm looking at the stage and oh, I saw this bright light around you and shining and, and it was just awesome. And the light, and I said, that was just the, the stage lights reflected off my bald head. She says, no, she says, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was the, the glory of the Lord. And I saw angels around you and, and I believe that people see angels and I believe that angels are, are involved in the lives of people today. Amen, saints. And so this angel now, this angel says, go and stand and speak. And they went back to the temple. Did you notice that? And I'm sure the people were amazed. 
Because they saw them, these people saw the apostles drug away by the Sadducees. And now they see them standing in the same place. And at the same time, you want to get this, saints, at the same time, the high priest and the Sanhedrin gathered together and they sent for the apostles. Now, listen closely. You might miss this. The Sanhedrin is made up of 70 ruling men and one high priest makes up the high court of the Sanhedrin. We know that Paul, the apostle, watch this, was a member of the Sanhedrin. Therefore, it is very possible that Paul, the apostle, is standing there at this time as this persecution in the early church is just beginning. And that is why if you fast forward to Acts chapter nine, as Paul, the apostle is on the way on the road to Damascus to kill the Christians. And he sees a bright light and he hears a voice that says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul's response was what? Who art thou, Lord? See, I believe that Saul was introduced. Saul, Paul was introduced to the Lord, and he started seeing little snapshots and little glimmers of, of Christ way back in Acts chapter 4, way back in Acts chapter 5. Then you get to Acts chapter 7, where Stephen is being stoned. Don't you remember? They put him in a pit, and Stephen looks up, and he sees Jesus standing. And Acts chapter 7 tells us that Paul the apostle was there, and they took off their coats and put it around his feet because they didn't want the blood to spill on him. So as you study the book of Acts, you can see Paul is present in the persecution of the early church, in his first church opposition, his second wave of persecution. All the while, God is leading him. He doesn't know it. But all the while, God is leading him to the point when he gets to Acts chapter 9, who art thou, Lord? You mean the Lord that Peter and John have been talking about? You mean the Lord that the Christians have been suffering for? You mean the Lord that Peter said that Stephen said he saw? standing to receive him you mean is it that lord and he gives his life to christ just like that why because god does that that's how folks get saved just a little bit a little introduction a little introduction we call it seeds Seed is sown, seed is sown, seed is sown, water by the holy spirit, seed is sown, water by the holy spirit. So you get to the point where who art thou, lord? Gave his life to Christ. You see? Really interesting. I think he's gathered here together with with this member of the Sanhedrin. Now, the officers of the prison in our text, they said, listen, guys, we found, did you notice in our text, we found the prison, which is a good start, okay? We found the door shut and secure, and the guards were standing post. But when we opened the doors, they said, there was no one inside. And when the Sanhedrin heard this, they thought, what will we do? Where will all this lead? At the same time, some people run in or someone runs in and says, guys, the guys that you are looking for are standing in the temple teaching the people. So they go and they get them. And they bring them before the council. And again, I think Paul is there with the council. And notice the high priest. Notice this, saints. The high priest asked the question, didn't we tell you not to teach in his name? See, I find it interesting. He doesn't say, how in the world did you guys get out? That would have been my first question. Well, didn't we tell you not to teach in his name? My first question is, how did y'all get out? 
He didn't ask. Now, why? Speculation? My speculation? I think he knows. And I also think that he doesn't want them to say, an angel let us out. Because we don't believe in angels. So he says, now, didn't we tell you, command you not to teach in his name? And he says, now look. In verse 428, look at it again. It said, now look what you've done. You filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. I love that, love that, love that. Would to God someone would accuse Calvary Chapel of filling the triangle with the teaching and the preaching of the word. That's a good accusation. I mean, can you, this is why he accuse you of, you know what? You are filling the triangle with Jesus. Okay. That's nice. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's a good accusation. Would the God that we would mobilize as a people and take the word of God and have someone to make that accusation about us that we have filled the triangle with the gospel. Well, the Sadducees indignation, point number one, you're still with me. Point number two, Peter's proclamation. Look at it again in verse 29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, What do they say, saints? Read it with me. We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers, in verse 30, raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Now, listen, Deuteronomy 21, verse 22 and 23. Go read that in your own time. You'll make the connection pretty easily. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Point number two, Peter's proclamation. There are three things that I want to mention about God. As Peter makes his proclamation, if you're taking notes, number one, three things about God. Number one, we ought to obey God. Amen, saints. Now, here in your text, you want to notice that it says we ought to obey. In the original language, it actually reads we must obey. We must. You can write that in your Bibles there. We must obey God. Not we ought to obey God. Not we need to obey God. Not it would be a smart idea to obey God. Peter says we must obey God rather than to obey men. Listen, question. Search your heart. Can you say this morning, I must obey God? Or would you say, I ought to obey God? Would you say it's a good idea to obey God? Would you say in your heart you think it's a great thing to serve God, to obey God? Or would you say, you know, I know that I must obey God. Because that's what we all need to be able to say, Christian, that we must, not we ought to, but that we must obey God. Now, what we're talking about here is civil disobedience. Civil disobedience. Now, let me just say that I don't agree with some of these wackos, if you will, who go to the abortion clinic and shoot the doctor because he performs abortions. And they go, oh, God's word is against abortion, civil disobedience. You know, God's word is against abortion, so kill the doctor. 
Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't, that doesn't make sense. I mean, think about it. How can you say you're concerned about life and you take life to preserve life? That doesn't make sense. But there are times when civil disobedience is allowed. There are times. And I want to say that the only time that I know of in the scriptures where civil disobedience, are you listening? Where civil disobedience is allowed, it's in the time where man's law violates God's law. Then you are free to obey God's law and break man's law. You understand? Say amen. In the time where man tells you to do something that violates a clear teaching of the word of God, you are free to disobey man's law because God's law is higher than man's law. If you understand now, say amen. When man would tell you, you can't speak in the name of Jesus, obey God. When man tells you, you can't teach your children about Jesus, obey God. When man tells you, you can't teach a Bible study, you can't teach the word of God, obey God. Always obey God. Many of you know I was in the military 13 years. Nine of them stationed with the Marine Corps. Go Navy. Nine of them stationed with the Marine Corps. And uh, amen. And uh, me and you, bro. And uh, stationed on the Marine Corps base, loved it. Walked into the Calvary Chapel one day, heard the teaching of the word, gripped my heart, started studying the word. A couple years later, the Lord gave me the blessing, the privilege to lead a guy to the Lord. The first person I ever led to the Lord was a guy by the name of Anthony Ruby. And I led him to the Lord, and I've told you this story, that I wanted to teach him the word because I thought it was important that he would learn the word. And so we worked together in the same office there on Camp Pendleton. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.